Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The choice of a lawyer is important and shouldn't be based on an ad. After a serious car accident, people have two questions. Why me and what now? Well, no one knows why you, but I'm Terry Crouppen, and my law firm, Brown & Crouppen, sure can help with the what now. Car repairs, medical bills, lost wages, pain and suffering. We're Brown & Crouppen, and we've got all those answers. All you have to do is call. 222-2222. Kelly, morning after, appliances, counters, 8 o'clock hour. Timothy Michael McKernan, Jackson Burkett in for the vacationing, Douglas Selvin, Vaughn the Plowhawk with you. KG and O-Town's in his studio, and our door is wide open. So you will be able to see people who work here, both on air and behind the scenes. I would say for every one on air person, there's two and a half people who work behind the scenes in sales, production, and management. And watch on YouTube, and you'll meet them because our door is wide. Oh, KG and O-Town. It, it sounded like we were doing a show from like the fish market. Like there was like just random background noises. Yeah, hey, ah. Oh, you're having a personal conversation? Well, you're on air. <laughs> Welcome, friends. Uh, Jackson, do you have a live read or anything? I'm typing a Gallup poll on uh, the fan yeah, page sure. for the Fan Page Club oh, Championship presented by Michael Abultra. Uh, the payout structure. What do you think? What do you think is going to pass? I think I, th I think the old. I think Iggy's more uh, quarterfinal run, spread out. evenly distributed will pass. That's what I think will get voted. No, I think the big money will really? pass. Yeah, I do. I actually, I really okay. do. Okay, all right, interesting. Uh, but in the meantime, I want to tell people about Mugsy. Do it. You're well, a naughty boy, and you should do it. Yeah, I I should do it. You know what the listeners should do? Just head to Mugsy.com. I mean, this place is special. You like five-star reviews, mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm. How about 10,000? Over 10,000 five-star reviews on Mugsy Jeans. It's, it's denim reinvented. Denim reinvented. You head to their website, you're going to see a bunch of items that you really, really want. These are jeans infused with buttery softness and insane uh, stretch. Uh, uh. Mugs are stylish jeans that feel like sweatpants, and of course, they free your balls. They got high-tech performance fabrics, breathable, durable, and stretchy AF. All Mugsies are meticulously designed to never get in your way from the boardroom to the ballpark. You know, the, it's warmed up a little bit. I think it's time to go look at some of those Mugsy shorts. I got a pair of the khaki ones, Plowhawk. I know you have a pair that you love to wear. Oh, yeah. What I color got, are they? Like a salmon? I got a salmon. Mm. Yeah, and they look and so sharp. And oh, how yeah. good do they feel? It's like I'm not even wearing shorts. Right. It's like one of those comfy kind of sweat style shorts. Exactly, because it's comfort and style combined. You don't have to sacrifice comfort for style when you're rocking Mugsy. So head to Mugsy.com right now. You're going to use the promo code TMA at checkout, and that's going to get you 10% off your entire order with free shipping and free returns. Again, that is Mugsy.com, promo code TMA for 10% off your entire order. Free your balls once and for all and experience life-changing comfort with Mugsy. Nice, real nice. Uh, what do we have here, Jackson, as far as fun with audio? Oh, uh, Chip Carey and uh, Brad Thompson reacting to Nick Ahmed's uh, Two-run double that he hit off of the ground like Vladimir Guerrero did. What the heck? Let me hear this. Now a 2-2 pitch. 
is golfed into shallow left. That's down for a base hit. Walker scores. Longoria around third. He's going to score. And Arizona, with a big inning, has taken the lead. Chip, I don't know how he hit this ball. This is a curveball that he buried and pulls out the sand wedge and just gets it out there. This may have bounced. It did bounce. Wow. Are you kidding me? We're playing cricket or baseball. Uh, well, it still counts either way. That's unreal. Well, Nick Ahmed's living right. I mean, right off the end of the bat after it hit the ground. There it is. Uh, yeah, it was off the ground, and then he hit it. And uh, John Denton, friend of the program, Asked Ali Marmol after the game. I don't know if we have this audio or not. I don't think the soundbite that you have in there is the one. Uh, if the Cardinals are getting bad luck and Ali Marmol like jumped his ass. I was watching the post game at 4:45 this morning. I'm like, that eh, was a fair question, but I guess we're now at this point. We're in a bad mood. We call out our starting center fielder's effort. A bad mood. We attack the reporters. Ah, uh, yes, uh, it is a, uh, it's not a, and I wasn't like overly bullish on the Cardinals this year, thought they would probably win the division, didn't think they were necessarily going to win a, you know, 100-win team or anything like that, but I, I will, what I'm wondering here, and I spotted this, and I think probably more because of the 101 ESPN show where we're more in tune with the Blues, um, I noticed that people in the know were really down on the team early. And I was thinking, God, I mean, they're point-wise, they're fine. But they're, they they spotted some things, and I'm talking about like Kerber, Pang, Rutherford, uh, that I didn't necessarily see and could tell they had this was going to be a rough year. Right. And they could tell early on. And I'm starting to wonder, but if you're kind of a casual fan or you didn't play in the league or cover the team for 20 years, maybe you wouldn't spot it. And I'm starting to wonder if that this is who the Cardinals might be because they're flawed with the starting rotation and then that impacts the bullpen, but it's not like the bullpen is necessarily great. And then while the lineup on paper could theoretically be good and should certainly be better, and I think it will improve, it still has to make up for the thing that is likely a constant problem with occasionally some good starts in there and that is the rotation. And so you have to have one be better than they were expected to be to come back. I mean, they're six games back. Yeah. We're 18 games into the season. They're six games back for the Brewers. And then the other one has to progress to what the names would indicate they would actually do. Now, Contreras has gotten hot. And that started up here over the last five games or so. And he had two home runs last night. Um, Goldschmidt had a solo shot to begin things. But overall, if you were to look at the Cardinals' offensive players' performance to date, I think you would say you would expect all but Nolan Gorman to be better than they have been. And so for, I wouldn't say 8 of 9, but like I guess 10 of 11, if you wanted to call it 11 players who would be in a regular rotation as far as starting players go, for 10 of 11 to improve, that's probably not realistic you see what no, I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you're 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 you are, even though it's early, you are an eighth of the way approximately through the season, and it's it's a little rough on both 
the starting pitching front and the offensive front. Jordan Montgomery had been the guy right. you had counted on, and then he got roughed up last night, even though the start was off to uh, a solid performance from him. Yeah, it's, it's so frustrating from a fan perspective because it seems like, you know, when one you fill one leak in the boat, another one opens. You know, like you get a good start and then you can't get offense. You get good off, you can't. You get plenty of offensive production. You get a bad start combined with bad bullpen performance. It's like they just can't put a full quality game together for the most part. And even in some of their wins as of late, it's been comeback fashion, extra inning or fighting yeah, off comebacks. I mean that 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 series in Colorado was on the brink. Right. And then the the Pittsburgh series. And again, these are teams that. You don't expect anyway. I'd be very surprised, let me put it this way, if the Arizona Diamondbacks win the National League West. I mean, listen, I suppose anything can happen. Uh, and the Pittsburgh Pirates are 11-7, and seven, so I don't know. I mean, they didn't look terrible this week when they were in St. Louis. But, uh, you know, I mean, the Cardinals took two or three from the Rockies. The Rockies lineup is garbage. Yeah, it's bad. Um, and they're 5-13 and 13 on the season. Um, and then they wound up taking two or three... From the Blue Jays, who otherwise are 10-5 and five against everybody else and playing in what is expected to be, anyway, a very good division. There isn't a team below 500 in the American League East. That's kind of a, a constant powerhouse. So uh, here is what Ali Marmol had to say following uh, the Cardinal loss last night as uh, they drop the third and four to a combination of the Pirates and Diamondbacks. As you all are kind of working through that game, the deficit happens early. You see the offense kicking the gear late, find ways to fight back through it. Do you take that as a positive despite the whole? Yeah, it's definitely a positive. You're looking at that fourth inning being a combination of some non-plays and some odd, to John's point, uh, balls in play that don't go our way. Um, and uh, they put a six spot on us uh, outside of that. I thought our pen did a really nice job. Um, I thought our offense responded well. And uh, it's good to see. We talked about it earlier today, this afternoon. Um, Contreras starting to get in, in a pretty nice rhythm of driving the baseball. So, yeah, you take a lot of positives out of that. Obviously, you come up short and you want to win that game. But uh, outside of that fourth inning, pretty good. Yeah, I don't know. I just That's just not... I, I, here's first first off on the question. I don't know who asked the question. It doesn't matter. I have no issue with anybody who's down there. I don't probably at this point in my career don't really know who is who is down there on a regular basis outside of like Derek Gould and and John Denton. Um, you're in a weird spot when you're in those post game press conferences with a losing manager and also a losing manager who has shown that he doesn't necessarily handle it real well. And you go, yeah, he needs to handle it better. Well, Tony Russo was the worst, and I dealt with that on a regular basis. Um, and I would imagine that's the case for most managers. So then you're just sitting there and you're like, okay, I'm trying to get something from the manager. And I saw how he jumped John Denton's ass with his first question, which was something along the lines of just some bad luck there in the fourth inning. And he goes, yeah, I mean, you saw the game. I don't know what was, what's the question there. So it's already setting a tone for everybody down there that this guy's in a bad mood and whatever question you ask, including what I would say was a fair question from John Denton, that it was bad luck. I mean, a guy hit a ball that bounced in for a two-run double um, that you're going to get your ass jumped, and it doesn't matter how long you've been doing it. It's nothing that you really... It's, it's very, you know, dehumanizing, to be honest with you. It's why we would laugh about the spring training thing. I mean, here we are, like, you know, kissing the asses of, like, 25-year-olds to come and sit at a picnic table with us. But we didn't – it just was so stupid. We didn't care. It was amusing to us. Um, but with all of that said, I keep hearing this. It's coming along, and it's improving. 
And that's not from the reporter who asked the question. That's from the manager. And I just, I just don't see it. And it reminds me of there was a game, and I remember Kerber talked about it with the Blues, and I can't recall who it was against, and maybe one of you listening will recall it, where there was a bunch of positive comments even though they lost. It might have been against the Bruins, actually, not in the late season one where they lost and they were already done, but um, early in the season. And it just struck me as odd. But then after that, they did go on a winning streak, that they spotted some positives in that loss to the Bruins. And I think this was back in November. So maybe there's something to it. Maybe there's something to it. But when I watch this team, this isn't the lineup that I expected at the start of the season. This wasn't the lineup that was out there at the beginning of the season. I don't, I, the Dylan Carlson thing, I mean, I know he was 0 for 16 before his hit last night. I'm confused, really confused. I think that's a big issue. I don't know how much attention it's it's getting, relatively speaking, because honestly, I read the post-dispatch, I watch the games, and I watch the post-game, and that's where I get my information. And I know at this point in 2023, there are multiple places you can get your baseball information, but I feel like that is a big story, that he is the fifth outfielder on yeah, the team. Yeah. Jordan Hicks having a scoreless ninth inning in a non-competitive game at the time when he was throwing it is not a story to me at all. And the fact that that's being covered would be would fall under the auspice of a balloon party. <laughs> yeah. That is why the, the show was named that way. That Joe Strauss would call attention to that crap. And uh, and this is a 7-11 and baseball team that started the season playing against some really good teams. I mean, the Atlanta Braves could win the World Series this year. They've won eight straight and are 14-4. and four. And the Toronto Blue Jays. Hell, you could have a rematch of, of the Braves and Blue Jays from the early 90s. Uh, they're a legitimate team as well. But I don't see it with the Pirates. And maybe the Diamondbacks will be better than perhaps one would expect. But I don't necessarily see it with the Diamondbacks either. And they're having some real problems. And even though they took two or three from the Rockies, if you were watching the games, you know that they had to fight like hell. Yeah to win all three of those games, much less to take the series. And that's why I'm 18 games in. I'm starting to wonder if it's just going to work itself out or if they really have a problem on their hands. Yeah, to that point, you know, from a Marmol perspective, it's so difficult because it's like you're in this spot, this kind of quagmire where you're, you don't know whether to, you know, kind of let the process be the process and let the law averages come into play and, you know, just keep going as you are. And obviously what you say to the media doesn't necessarily mirror what you say to the team. But at what point do you have to say, like, okay, we have to turn this around. We can't keep the same thing going because we're just going to dig ourselves deeper and deeper into this situation we have. And I don't know at what point he gets there. If he ever even does get to that point, you hope that the law of averages take over and they start to put things together. But right now he's kind of in no man's land because – his team is sometimes performing, sometimes not, and a lot. Some of it isn't on him. You know, the rotation construction isn't on him. He's kind of dealt those cards, so it's a tough spot for him. They head out on the West Coast following the Busmans today. Uh, Seattle, San Francisco to take on the Giants, and L.A. to take on the Dodgers, and then strangely they come home to play the Angels, even though they'll be you know an hour away uh, to take on the Angels in St. Louis. So. Uh, it, it will be a test. And sometimes, and I remember hearing this with regards to the Blues when they were struggling, you know, sometimes these Western Canadian road trips for the Blues can be where a team bonds. Patty Maroon came in on the podcast and he goes, as weird as it sounds, man, we were on a road trip. We all just started drinking. 
in, you know, not while they were playing, but they were out and hanging out. He goes, it's funny how it brought people together. Of course, people wouldn't focus on that, but he did say it. Uh, and uh, and maybe that'll be what, what kickstarts it here. Yeah. But either way, 7-11 and 11 at this point is, and the way that it's going down, it's, it's eye-opening. And I didn't expect it. And again, this is coming from somebody who is confused by their offseason. Uh, Plowhawk, you have been a vocal critic. I can tell you're chopping at the bit. What would you like to say? I think Ollie Marmol's in over his head. I miss Mike Schilt. And we have five, probably six outfielders for three positions. We'll probably have five infielders for two positions in terms of second and short. I don't know why. Is it too early to make a trade just in general for either team? Are you not able to get a deal done for a starter? You have to play that out pragmatically. If another, if you're going to get a deal done for a starter of value, then that means the other team is going to be sending the message to its fan base that we are done on April 19th, and that isn't the way that most organizations will run their business. That is true, and I know Libertor, they gave him a shot last year, and I'm not a huge Matthew Libertor fan, but at some point you... You have guys in the he seven or eight last night. He he did, but I I think you this give him first a bad outing of the year though. No, I, yeah. I'm well aware, but he he the thing is he hasn't performed at the major league level yet to be like he okay that is the solution. But I think at some point he would be. The difference is you're expecting Wayne right back, and um, the problem is though like it's like okay Wainwright's coming back but Wainwright isn't necessarily Adam Wainwright from 2009. I mean he's a 43 year old man coming off injury. All right. Yeah. That just showed the roster and the rotation that like we're waiting for our 43 year old grandpa pitcher <laughs> to come to come off of an injury <laughs> so he can salvage <laughs> what eight or nine so. ERA. No, I'm just saying like in terms of baseball years it seems like it because you got 21, 22 year old Pitchers kids. Pitchers go pretty and, deep. Yeah, but if you're waiting on him to salvage Jamie Moyer's fancy player, probably didn't seem too amused by that. Nah, I'm just this team is terrible. I said it in February. (laughs) I just don't get why the construction of the team is so confusing. There's people that were untradeable that I were barely getting at bats, and when they do, they're bunting to second base. (laughs) I I just for the life of me, I don't understand what they did to Dylan Carlson, what he did to Ali Marmol. I don't know the inside baseball, but on the field, this is just there's no. Like, there's just no fun. It doesn't look like anybody's really giving a care, like, in the dugout. Like, no one just... What's the pepper grinder? It's like, oh, ain't going through mode. They need to change something up with all of that. They need to stop doing that. Well, I think it's the continuity, too. And you don't know what Mo can do, but uh, Dylan Carlson got a start last night, and I'm I'm guessing that'll be the same outfield today because they all had a hit. Uh, And I think two of them had RBIs. Um, you know, Walker's struggling. He gets down. I mean, Palante, I mean, he'd been pitching well. You give up a walk and a home run, you're sent down. Uh, so I don't even know if the players know, am I playing today? Am I not playing today? Am I sitting for three days? I mean, mad bum on the mound. So I would bet Carlson's playing today. Yeah. So, you know, you don't know. I mean, there's been different outfield combinations, you know, almost every night, except for two, two games. Um, so there's really, you know, until you get a set lineup where everybody's playing well and you know, your role, you know, you don't know what to expect. Uh, Palante uh, had an ERA, and they had the option to send him down. ERA of 7.56. If Hicks had the option to be sent down, I'm certain he would be sent down. Um, But like I said, it's just odd when you've lost three or four to two teams that probably won't be in the mix. But, hey, if they are, great. Um, Be really surprising because I feel like baseball is kind of like college football. You already know going into the season who's going to be there in the end. And then of those teams, which of those teams can actually win the World Series – uh, that 
they're in the spot that they're in, and they're doing it against some, you know, and this, this was a time to really get it going. Rockies, Pirates, Diamondbacks. And the Mariners are off to an 8-10 and 10 start, but Seattle is a team that you would think would be better than the three teams that they've had some problems with this week, even though they're 8-10 and 10 on the year. And then certainly uh, the Dodgers always present a challenge. So this, this has just gone in a direction that I didn't expect as far as the start because I feel like they could actually be worse than 7-11. and 11. And, I, and so I sometimes talk about this with Blues games, if it were a fight and you didn't know what the score was, how would you score the fight? Who dominated play? And I feel like the Cardinals actually maybe forged it to be 7-11 and 11, as opposed to, oh, it's a bad break. Yeah, last night there was some bad luck. But overall, it just hasn't been real good. And there isn't a pitcher in the rotation that I feel like anyway that you go, good, it's his turn. He'll stop the bleeding. The team will know they can score six runs, and they'll be just fine. So... That's the thing that stands out to me at this moment, about 20 games into the season. Your thoughts are welcome. 636-900-4TMA. You are welcome to uh, email in for our design, air, heating, and cooling. Email today, the morning after at InsideSTL.com. And you also are welcome to uh, text in EDF, text in box 314-881-TMA5. Questions, complaints, criticism, desire for changes, and, of course, Erotic stories. T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com, and uh, and I've and to the listener's credit, God bless you. Have sent emails in regarding the skeleton, as it's now known, mm-hmm. and the yeah. uh, and the YouTube volume. And I think somebody sent in clips comparing our audio on YouTube to the Riz Show's audio on YouTube, and then I'll be able to forward that to Hubbard Management, and they will hear it. And I would imagine at some point an engineer will come in here and make an adjustment, and then it will be fixed. But then it gets fixed. Just complaining doesn't get it fixed. So it's just your goal. Is your goal to get it fixed, or is your goal just to complain and get likes? That's up to you. I can't answer that. Uh, I know it will get you likes. It is The goal is to get likes? I said all those likes that they're going to get from their other sad, fr- sad fat friends no, about no, no, how no, great no. it is. Uh, so that, that's uh, Team McKernan inside STL.com and to the tip of the cap to the people who are emailing in because then I can forward it to management and we can do something about it. EDF is uh, moving forward as the EDF Group, the most experienced data center and critical facilities service provider in the St. Louis market. Check out the newly revamped website, theedfgroup.com, and take a look at each of the three divisions they have to offer. EDF Group is your one-throat choke for all your critical facilities, data center, commercial fire alarm, and electrical and IT infrastructure needs. To contact the EDF Group, email fire at theedfgroup.com. Experience the EDF Group difference and learn more at theedfgroup.com. If a listener wants to contact the EDF Group, they can email fire at theedfgroup.com, or they can go to the new website, theedfgroup.com, and fill out the form at the bottom of the website. That's the edfgroup.com. Design Air Heating and Cooling is the sponsor of our email of the day. The JV Golf Coach is in the lead. The morning after at InsideSTL.com is where you can send your emails. Design Air Heating and Cooling is online at designairservice.com. The great Seth Goldcamp is going to be in here today, if I'm not mistaken. Design Air Heating and Cooling is online at designairservice.com, the official HVAC provider of TMA. And even though the weather is expected to be relatively temperate here over the next couple of weeks, you know by the end of May you'll be turning on that air conditioning. Make sure that it is ready to go. Get it tuned up for the hot St. Louis weather. Uh, It is Design Air Heating and Cooling. Just go to designairservice.com and work with the great Seth Goldcamp. All right, we're getting a bunch of texts here. 
Tim, thoughts on Cardinals announcing a partnership with the Two Fox? I don't know what that means. Does anybody know what that is? Uh, Plowhawk, yeah. Iggy, mm. KGNO Town, uh, Sea Monster, Producer <laughs> Joe, Joe Roderick. Sack. Sack. <laughs> Count Executive Mike. The two Fox going to carry their games? <laughs> I don't know. Watch, watch watch podcast or call in 636-9004-TMA. Uh, let's hey, I got some here. St. Louis Cardinals and Fox 2 meteorologists team up for weather day at Bush Stadium. Oh, great. 50 minutes ago. That's what I got. It's big doings. That's what the, I don't know, is that what it's about? <laughs> that's, that's, that's the only news I have on Fox 2 and Cardinals. How does Mo continue to escape, escape blame for this? He put this team together. He hired a very <laughs> young manager. He failed to get a pitcher during the offseason. That's from the 3-1-4. Uh, I, would, I would say this. I don't think he is escaping blame. I, I can't imagine. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I can tell you on this particular program that uh, I can speak for myself. Obviously, the Plowhawk is is an outspoken critic in good times and bad. But uh, that, that from my standpoint, the offseason was incredibly confusing. And I was incredibly confused by previous offseasons, so much so that I bet the Plowhawk 10 to 1 and gave him 10 to 1 odds that the Cardinals would acquire a bat I think that was going into the pandemic year. Mm-hmm. So it was an off-season in which, yeah, because you were still working there. You weren't on furlough. And uh, and I was so confident that after 2019, where it was clear that they didn't have the offense, that they would go out and get a bat, and they didn't do it. And then, of course, the pandemic happened. Uh, so I don't, I don't know how to explain that. After the 2020 year, they acquired Arnado going into 21. And, you know. John Mazalek starts off the offseason by saying we are going to increase our payroll. Then they, by the letter of the law, do from a literal sense, but it's not necessarily an increase that you would define as material. And so my theory, which I speak to more on balloon party than on TMA, but to restate it, which will also convey what I would describe as criticism, is that the offseason blew up for the Cardinals when either or both of the following happened. The Bally's thing, which is $70 million in revenue to them, that's a real thing. Now the Reds join the Guardians, Twins, and Diamondbacks as as teams not getting paid by Bally's, also known as Bailey's. (laughs) And the prices for players went to a level that I don't think most people around the industry expected. And then I would include this one that's a bit of a curveball. This is solely my theory. I don't believe that they planned on signing Wilson Contreras. I think the plan was to trade for Sean Murphy and then allocate those dollars for a free agent, whether that be a pitcher or a position player, and then potentially use that surplus if they acquired a position player to then trade for uh, a high-caliber starting pitcher. I don't think that when John Moselleck said that at the beginning of the offseason, I think it was back in October, uh, that he envisioned this would be the starting rotation, and I include Wainwright in there, knowing he hasn't thrown yet, for 2023. And if he did, then that would be something that I would describe as pretty indefensible because this is not a starting rotation that is a championship-caliber rotation. Uh, furthermore, while some of the players in the lineup have had great years offensively, uh, with the exception of a couple of them, in that, that being the obvious ones at the corners, uh, and Wilson Contreras uh, would be a tier below of Goldschmidt and Arenado. Uh, the rest of them haven't really done it consistently for a large sample size in, in the major leagues. Certainly Tommy Edmond has had some good years. Tyler O'Neill had a great 
year. But Dylan Carlson hadn't done it consistently in the major leagues. Jordan Walker hadn't had a bat in the major leagues. Lars Newtbar is an analytics gem, but it hasn't necessarily translated on the field in the major leagues. While it may, it hasn't yet. Um, and, hey, it, it's worked out on the, the Nolan Gorman front and certainly uh, Brendan Donovan. But, again, that's a, that's a questionable sample size. So, on paper, the lineup looks good. But as far as it actually translating, now you're seeing some problems with the offense as well. So John Mozeliak, from my standpoint, the organization as a whole, uh, was getting criticism, at the very least, from this show going into the year. I don't know about the rest of the you know, St. Louis shows or you know, what else other people are saying. I can't speak to that. But, uh, yeah, I, I was conf- my, my way to describe the offseason was confused. I was confused. I don't understand how you can say we're going to increase payroll, and then you, don't, you do by dollars, but you didn't really do all of that much other than Contreras, who I don't think you really planned on signing and then certainly didn't plan on giving him five years. I don't believe that for a second. No, no. So in that sense, it's kind of Dexter Fowler part two, not because he's going to perform like Fowler, because you overpaid for a former Cub, gave him an extra year because you panicked when the trade market moved to a point that you weren't expecting it to with Sean Murphy. And back when Fowler signed, it was Adam Eaton that the Cardinals were planning on acquiring. So uh, it's concerning when you have to go overpay and then you don't tend to some other holes in your ball club. And, and that is the end of my soliloquy. I shall enjoy part of my banana now. And kind of hindsight, I don't like people doing, you know, oh, lo- look at this, you know, what could be a nice trade or a nice signing that we didn't do at the time. But, I mean, Sean Murphy's has a better average, has hit twice as many home runs and twice as many RBIs as Wilson Contreras. It's early, it's April. But think about what we'd have to give up was was Carlson and an infielder. Probably not Mason uh, Mann would have been. Well, we don't know, and he got a pretty big deal like there was it was no it was gonna be pricey it wasn't gonna come in nothing agree but if you could if it was carlson in an infielder or something like that i mean that that carlson barely plays now so i i think well i mean they're they wanted an outfielder of some kind we we just have a surplus that would have been a no-go i just i i think the trade i think they hold these guys for so long and now look at you just got a backstop of just above to below average outfielders you got really good stud young guys in the infield but it's just a log jam everywhere i think you got to trade for a pitcher i don't know when you do it but you got a lot you got way too many assets yeah and the unfortunate reality of it is because you have you know dylan carlson not playing he's a fifth outfielder you're kind of making your own asset depreciate yeah, no because the trade. 100%. I, I really don't know what happened there. Right. And, and, and I asked John Denton when he was on with us on 101, and he said, yeah, I don't get it. I don't know what's going on. I don't understand it either. So then you sit there and go, "What? well, here's the guy, you know, I mean, next to Derek Gould, uh, who is there the most. You know, he's a longtime baseball writer, and he's confused by it. So right. I'm like, okay, I, there must be an explanation. I know he was going to start last week in Colorado, and he had an injury, and so he didn't. Uh, he was out there last. And let, by the way, I'm not saying, what, Dylan Carlson, he'll be the savior. There are, there were issues beyond that. But I'm just, I, I don't know how he went from where he was in July. And again, it wasn't Juan Soto for Dylan Carlson. It was Juan Soto for, if the Cardinals even wanted to do it in the first place, Juan Soto for Dylan Carlson and a variety of other pieces. Oh, yeah. But with that said, he was a target of the Nationals. The Cardinals didn't want to include him. And now he didn't start in the playoffs, and he is the fifth outfielder. 
And I just don't – and by the way, I mean, I want Alec Burleson to do well. I just – when I watch Alec Burleson play, I don't go, all right, they got a guy here. I just – I don't know what I don't know what that's about. I feel like they got a guy. That is what they got, but they don't have the guy right. there. Uh, this is baseball purgatory, and it was the most predictable thing about this season, especially if you looked at it objectively. It's bad for fans. It's bad for the team. It's bad for the media. It's bad for ownership. I understand not wanting to tear down the team and do a rebuild – but these years languishing in the middle of the pack with no movement is arguably worse than ripping the Band-Aid off. That's from Kevin's brother, Jack, and then his last name is Demoff. Um, and here is what I would bet the Cardinals would say to that. And I'm not saying that I agree with it, but here is what I bet the Cardinals would say to that. We've been to the playoffs the last four years. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now and won a division, too. and so going to the playoffs in baseball is starting to be the new we go to Bulls around here, right. because yes, by definition, but you have to be of a certain age to recall when going to the playoffs meant you were in the final four. Now you're in the final. I don't even know what do we got. Final ten, I believe. I think that's the that's math. Right. Yeah, uh, and you. You know, two years ago, you could be, well, I mean, they, they haven't had anything more than a best of five series since 2019, if my memory is correct. The yeah, pandemic year was a best of three against the Padres. The 21 was a one, one game, game against the Dodgers, and last year was a best of three against the Phillies. Yep. So that is, that. That's that's what I believe the response would be. And what I'm telling you about baseball is similar to college football. If you want to draw that parallel, it's that you can go into the season and I don't know how often you will have exceptions to the rule. I suppose we could look at Las Vegas odds for win totals and division winners and so on and World Series winners at the beginning of the year and then see what actually winds up happening. Because while the Phillies were the sixth-best team record-wise and the Padres were the fifth-best team record-wise, both teams had high expectations going into last year. They just didn't perform real well during the regular season, so much so that Joe Girardi was fired early on in the year by the Phillies. So, you know, if you have low expectations, you don't fire Joe Girardi. Um that that just getting into the playoffs is like, you know, beating Vanderbilt and Arkansas and then beating whatever other jack ponies you scheduled to get your six wins and then, you know, lighting up a cigar and posing. <laughs> that's that's the new well, we get to the playoffs and then we take our shot. And I think baseball now actually has a cast system where pulling off the two thousand six, where did they come from and the two thousand eleven they just won't go away is a lot more difficult. Because that cast system allows for these teams to throw a last year Aaron Nola Zach Wheeler at you, and if your counter is this year, I don't even know Michaelis Flaherty, Montgomery Flaherty, Montgomery Michaelis, I don't know, and then that that, that that's yes, of course you can win that. Of course you could win that. I mean, you don't beat the Marlins every game, and the Rockies are still going to win 40 games this year, so that means they're going to beat yeah, you know, the Dodgers somewhere. here and there. Yeah. Uh, and the Pirates, I think, swept the Dodgers last year. They did, like twice, I yeah. think. <laughs> um, but with that said, from a probability standpoint, I think it's a lot longer shot in 2023 than it was in 2006. 
and it's a lot longer shot in 2023 than it was in 2011. And that is why I, uh, I, th I think that there is growing frustration is because the team gets to October, but they're not really doing much in October. And man, I'm telling you, 2019, 2019, 2019, I love that they beat the Braves. I was fired up about it. But the gap between the Cardinals and Nationals was unlike anything I can recall in a World Series, an NLCS, an NLDS, and I include the Boston Red Sox World Series in there. I was at all those games. I was in Boston. I was in St. Louis. Cardinals were at least competitive in two of those games. They really could have, should have won game one. I know that the guys on that team feel that way. That thing against the Nationals, I mean, the, the offense was so terrible and so clearly terrible, and yet they didn't do anything to, to really tend to it in the offseason. And that was pre-pandemic. I know the pandemic occurred the following year. That can, That's when I gave the Plowhawk the 10-to-1 odds. I don't know what the hell to say about it outside of it didn't happen. And then this year, I mean, Stephen Matz, when he was signed, was like, oh, okay, that'll be nice as a number four or five guy. And now it's like, well, you got Stephen Matz. Think, well, yeah, he's the only guy under contract, but I mean, Stephen Matt, yeah. So I just, I don't know. I don't have, I'm, I'm confused by it. I don't get angry about the stuff because I, I, I can't, I can't fake anger for you. Um, but I observe it and I'm confused by it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if they go over the National League Central and if we get 87 and 88 wins, we'll be in the, in the race. But you don't have a backloaded schedule full of National League Central teams anymore like you did in the previous years with that, that style of schedule. And so Randy Carricker was showing me these numbers when I walked into the studio yesterday that the Cardinals were hovering around 500 each of the last 10 years for most of the seasons over the last 10 years, but they're an average of like 20 games over 500 or something over yep. the last 10 years after the All-Star break. And I said immediately, I said, is that because they get to play the Pirates and the Reds and the, you know, when the Cubs are down, the Cubs, and when the Brewers are down, the Brewers, more than the other teams? That would be my guess. And he goes, I think it's just because the Cardinals are smart. And I go, I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, he just showed it to me on a piece of paper as I was walking in to do that that show. But either way, I can tell you this. I'm confused by the offseason. Your thoughts are welcome. 314-881-TMA5. Uh, Tim, they're 1-8 and eight in the last nine playoff games. Is that correct? I haven't done the math on the fly. Uh, so, I don't sorry. Know if it really... Yeah matters all that much. I mean, they got swept by the Nationals. They won a game against the Padres, so at that point, we're 1-6. and 1-7 Dodgers, and then two Phillies, 1-9, and nine, actually, I believe, would yeah. be the correct math in the last 10 playoff games. That That's... Bad. That's an indictment. Yeah, bad. It's an indictment, but it speaks to the case that I'm trying to present that when you won the National League East in the 1980s, you were four wins, or in the case of the 82 team, three wins away from the World Series. When you won the division in 64, 67, and 68, you were in the World Series. Right. When you win the division in 2022, you got to play a best of three against the sixth seed. And then if you win that, then you get a best of five against who knows. And then if you win that, then you get a best of seven. So there's, the, the, there's these tiers, and it's just changed the dynamic of the playoffs. So saying we go to the playoffs, it's working – is the equivalent of going, we go to bowls. Well, yeah, in 1980, going to a bowl meant something because you were playing Alabama and USC and Notre Dame. But when you win six games and it's because you schedule these randoms and then beat Vanderbilt and some other SEC team that's fallen around, that isn't a great year. And that's what I'm trying to, to convey 
And that's why I also say, where have you gone, Joe Strauss? Because Strauss certainly would be all over this. And I don't, I'm not saying that other people aren't. I don't know. I just, like I said, I read the Post-Dispatch and I do my shows and then I, you know, listen to porn podcasts. <laughs> but uh, I, I think that there would be a, a justified anxiety from the fan base for what has gone on, not just uh, with 18 games, because 18 games is a small sample size, and they could turn it around. But the off-seasons have been confusing. That's the thing that I think people would have justified consternation about. Your thoughts are welcome, 314-881-TMA5. And you also are welcome to call in, 636-9004-TMA. Email in the morning after at InsideSTL.com. That is how you can email in for our design air, heating, and cooling email of the day. Our title sponsor for a decade is Ryan Kelly. He is online at the Home Loan Expert. Dot com. That is Ryan Kelly. Ten years he has been the title sponsor of this program, and we're grateful for his support. We ask you to support the sponsors. Uh, so many people ask why do so many builders and real estate agents choose the home loan expert as their preferred lender? Three reasons. Lower rates, 10-day closing guarantee, and the home loan expert gets complicated deals done. Thinking of buying a home this year, the process is not as complicated as you think with the home loan expert. They make pre-approval easy. Get pre-approved today, the day you call in, and we will also provide a lower rate with a 10-day closing guarantee. It's Ryan Kelly online at thehomeloanexpert.com. Jackson Marcana is uh, with Evergreen Wealth Strategies. His number is 314-881-0503, and he's online at evergreenstl.com. You're a client. I am, yeah. You know, I do work with Marcana. I love working with Marcana because I, I remember that first phone call we had it was so much a conversation about life, what my goals are, where I am right now in life, where I want to be in life. And from there, he created a custom plan for me. You know, it wasn't a cookie cutter because I'm this certain age making this much money. That's not what Mark does. He wants to learn about you individually, explain to you the plan so that you're well-educated on it. And that's what makes Mark Hanna different is the way he conveys his message to his client. If you have to make, make adjustments down the road, you give Mark a call. You're going to feel better when you get off the phone than when you get on there. That's the key. That's why I work with Mark Hanna. That's why you should work with Mark Hanna. 314-889-0503 or go online at evergreenstl.com. If you're dealing with low energy, low motivation, weight gain or muscle loss, if you're tired all the time, feeling anxious and moody, irritable, impatient, dealing with anxiety or depression, these are symptoms of low testosterone. Well, Mentality at lowtusa.com, a local healthcare facility, specifically dedicated to helping men feel and perform at their very best. It's a place that I visited, got tested super easy, in and out in 20 minutes. A lot of TMA listeners have gone in there, and they rave about the experience as well. Super easy. Even if you've tried testosterone before, not everyone understands the blood chemistry in men's bodies, and mentality can help. The normal range for testosterone is large. If you've been to a doctor and they told you that you were normal without understanding the range or testing your free testosterone, it was not fully looked at. Come get checked with Mentality online at lowtusa.com. It is Mentality. It is 9.06 in St. Louis. We'll take a break and come back with our 9 o'clock hour, including the design, air, heating, and cooling email of the day. This is the Ryan Kelly morning after from the Michelob Ultra Studios.